Thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. So they created a trial offer. Claim yours by going to harrys.com, offer code FOOL. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday the 19th of July and we're going to be talking about corning stock. I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me on Skype from sunny Florida is Molly Fool contributor Matt Cochran. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing fine, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, very good. It's uh, it's going to be very hot this weekend and I'm actually moving, so I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> But no, otherwise, moving, moving is never a fun process. No, sure. it's not. I mean, you just always just end up looking at all of this stuff thinking, I didn't even know that I had 50% of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so we wanted to, I, I sort of wanted to talk about Corning. Um, the ticker for the stock is GLW for anybody listening. Uh, I came across this company after I'm I'm very, very accident prone. And I, um, I think I hit the screen full on of my iPhone into the corner of a wall and it didn't scratch. Um, and I was amazed. So I started to do some research on who made the glass for the screen. And I came across an article that you had written on Corning. And I have subsequently been so impressed by your amazing write-up <laughs> uh, and done, done a lot of research uh, that I bought the stock. Um, but it's been an interesting story over the last 12 months since I've owned the company. Uh, and I just thought it would be really interesting to introduce the listeners to a company that definitely had its heyday in sort of in, in coverage sense around like 2012, 2013. It was it was a big stock then. Um, coverage has kind of died down. So I wanted to sort of reintroduce listeners to it. Matt, can you give listeners sort of a brief, a brief background on Corning and what they do? Yeah, sure. So it's they primarily manufacture specialty materials. But that's basically glass and ceramics for a variety of uh, industrial and scientific applications. The company itself has a very rich history. Uh, they were founded in 1851, so 170 years ago almost, as the Bay State Glass Company. But they moved around a lot, and they finally settled in a small town in upper state New York, which was named Corning. <laughs> and for the next 120 years, it would be known as Corning Glassworks which is the Glassworks is actually where their stock uh, ticker symbol uh, GLW comes from. Uh, but in, in the late 80s, they dropped the Glassworks and they just adopted Corning Incorporated as their company name. Uh, but like way back, they, they, they were the company that made the, the glass encasement for Thomas Edison's uh, first light bulb. And uh, they really made their name when the... Uh, the American railroads would have their signal lamps, but they would keep breaking because in the summertime they would get hot and then it would rain and that temperature change would just shatter all the glass globes. And Corning developed a low expanding heat resistant glass to fix that problem. And basically since that time, uh, they were they were known as the premier glass manufacturing company in America. Uh, you know, but since then, I mean, they basically invented optical fiber for use in the real world. Uh, they made the glass used on the Hubble telescope. And uh, as you discovered when you almost broke your iPhone, <laughs> uh, they, they introduced the world to Gorilla Glass, which is the tough, resistant glass used on our mobile devices. Mm -hmm. 
incredibly rich history. I really enjoy reading about companies that have these sort of storied histories. Um, you know, we I, I love learning about how GE sort of got established and it's just very, uh, from very disparate beginnings, very engineering focused background and they sort of carry that legacy through. But the company, uh, Corning obviously services a variety of industries that, you know, consumer goods or consumer tech, uh, companies to industrial companies, but how do they categorize their income streams from all of these endeavors? So they they actually have five uh, business divisions. However, what I would say investors really need to know is like they have three primary revenue streams. Uh, the first is which display technologies, which is uh, the the display technology division is responsible for making the specialized glass substrate, which is the key component used and LCD screens, which as uh, most people know, like that's used on large screen televisions, computer monitors, tablets, and uh, even some smartphones. Um, the top line growth has been hard to find in this market as of late. Glass prices keep coming down, they keep declining, but this is still their number one uh, revenue stream. And uh, income, this division represented about 44% of the company's overall bottom line last quarter, while that's a lot, that's come down significantly from a few years ago when it was well over 50%. Uh, and that's because they're not, while that, uh, while revenue from this division has been coming down, revenue from other divisions have been uh, ramping up nicely. Uh, so another one of their revenue streams is optical communications. And this company makes optical fiber. And in fact, Corning, has now produced 1 billion kilometers of optical fiber, which is about a third of the um, optical fiber ever manufactured in the history of the world. Wow. Uh, its primary buyers are major telecom companies and internet service providers. Uh, and they've gotten a lot of, uh, as, as these companies are getting ready for 5G and as the internet of things keeps expanding, uh, the they've gotten a lot of new deals recently. For instance, uh, last year Verizon announced it was going to buy more than uh, a billion dollars of optical fiber over the next three years. They scored a major deal with Saudi Telecom last year. And, you know, optical fiber is literally the, the infrastructure backbone to 5G and Internet of Things. And as the de demand for data and bandwidth grows, uh, this segment should continue to grow. Uh, Corning is now the world's lowest cost producer of optical fiber, and it recently acquired uh, 3M's optical fiber division for about $900 million. Uh, and so this division, they they, uh, they see a lot of demand for this growing, and they think it's going to continue to grow, and, uh, and it's becoming one of their largest divisions. And then finally, Gorilla Glass, uh, as we already talked about, which is uh, the popular covering for uh, mobile consumer electronics these days. And they're on their fifth generation of Gorilla Glass. Later this year, they're going to come out with the sixth generation. And with every successive generation, uh, Corning's profits uh, continue to go up. Uh, they can demand more money. And, uh, and, uh, and later this year, they will uh, unveil the, the sixth generation of Gorilla Glass. So they seem like they're very 
sort of dominant in the arenas that they are based in but it's sort of a mixed bag with these results I know uh, the notes you sent over before we recorded the show the last quarter saw sales declines of 7% for their specialty materials division which is where Gorilla Glass is uh, located in and, and obviously anything that you do with consumer electronics is going to have these ebbs and flows and we, we see that a lot with component suppliers for the iPhone in particular um, so is this is this decline just as a basis of the cycles that the the phone's going through? Well, so CEO uh, Wendell Weeks, the the company CEO, uh, said uh, they still expect overall sales to increase for the year, but they do say it is driven um, a lot by by other manufacturers of product cycles. And like you said, I mean, that just will ebb and flow from time to time. They still expect, though, sales in this division to double over the next several years. And while that is vague, they, they're not more specific than that, um, it's still impressive because the smartphone market is maturing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yes, a, a lot of it does depend on product cycles. Mm-hmm. And I guess expanding to, to new products and new uh, revenue sources for that product too. Correct. Um, so one thing I really liked about your write-up is you kind of go back three years ago to look at uh, some of the growth initiatives and the origins of kind of the company strategy today. Um, I'd love for you to sort of introduce the listeners to what that is. So in 2015, and this is probably the key to understanding the company today, the Corning released its strategy and capital allocation framework, which they will continually reference in conference calls and analyst calls and things like that. They always go back to this. And this was essentially Corning's plan to define its priorities from 2016 to 2019. It was a four-year plan. And this included a focus on the company's, they were gonna refocus on the company's core competencies. And uh, and basically it would define how they would allocate their capital. And namely, they would do this by returning money to shareholders via dividends and buybacks and spending a large amount on expansion projects and R&D. And since announcing this framework almost three years ago, Corning has announced, has returned $10 billion to shareholders through dividends and buybacks. Um, so just earlier this year, they authorized a 16% increase in the dividend. And since the beginning of the plan, the company's dividend has increased 50%. And they reduced the share count by about 30%. So they definitely held up the, their end of the bargain when it comes to returning money to shareholders. And the rest of the, the strategy and capital allocation framework was basically like how they were going to um, devote money to their their core competencies. So for instance, they sold uh, Dow Corning, which was a joint venture with them and what is now uh, Dow DuPont. Uh, they sold that to Dow DuPont and they used that money for additional money back to the shareholders, but they just wanted to refocus on what they thought they did best. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because the, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't class this as a dividend yield stock um, but it's always nice to see a company that's focused on shareholder returns. I'm just trying to look what the actual uh, yield is. Yeah, it's about, it's about, actually, it's not bad at all. It's about two, uh, 2.5%, which is better than, as we know, the S&P average. Um, but sort of reducing, sort of re <laughs> undiluting the, the share pool is something that's really nice to see as a shareholder. Um, but as a shareholder, uh, I'm a little perturbed because uh, shares are down about 15% year to date. Um, short term, some investors might be nervous about what's going on here. Um, I know that there's been a couple of disappointing quarters. Can you just give us a bit more detail on those? Yeah, and there's no doubt if you just 
take a quick look at the numbers. The last two quarters, the numbers have not been impressive. So for two consecutive quarters now, Corning has presented disappointing uh, gap earnings, but neither of those numbers really reflect the true state of the business, in my opinion. Uh, for instance, in 2017's fourth quarter, the new tax legislation led the company to report an EPS loss of $1.66. However, when the new tax legis legislation was taken into account, their core EPS, which is essentially their version of adjusted earnings, came in at a much better $0.49 cents per share. Uh, company Corning reports core revenue and earnings to take into account things like tax laws and foreign currency fluctuations. Uh, in this year's first quarter, Corning once again, however, reported a gap loss, and this quarter, the loss could not be blamed on the new tax law. Uh, that being said, it was once again more of a, for lack of a better term, an accounting fluke than, the comp than a change in the company's underlying health. Um, so this quarter, the Corning produces a lot of their, um, their glass in foreign countries. So this quarter, their currency hedges, which gap requires uh, to be marked to market, were to blame as Corning reported an EPS loss of 72 cents. Um, but there's a, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here, but like when the CFO explained this in the co conference call, this does not affect Corning's cash flows in, in any way. Mm -hmm. They just have to, the mark to market accounting rules basically it has no effect on their cash flow, but in their currency hedges, it does protect them from forward exchange rate fluctuations in the future. But they have to mark them mark to market, which means what's the current value of them now at the end of each quarter? So the quarter looked a lot worse than it was. Okay. So it's essentially almost like a write down on the currency that they hold. Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, to me, the story very much, and this is the way that, you, that you've explained it to me, uh, is very much that the free cash flow has sort of been depressed because of a lot of capex and investment the company is making in its future. Um, and it seems almost like they are, uh, I wouldn't say struggling, but they're investing to keep up with demand. So demand doesn't seem to be the issue if you prescribe to what Wendell Weeks, the CEO, is saying. Um, you, you were saying free cash flow was negative, uh, but a lot of that is just increased spending. Yes. So in 2016, for instance, Corning's capital expenditures was about $1.1 billion. This year is expected to be over $2 billion. So CapEx has essentially doubled in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, in a recent analyst conference call, uh, Jeffrey Evanson, who's Corning's chief strategy officer, said that investors, though, should expect baseline CapEx just for maintenance of their factories and everything like that to be about $1 billion. So a lot of this money is going towards increasing capacity. Yep. And the market never likes that aura of uncertainty which surrounds increased spending. But um, it's these investments in its future that should propel it in the years ahead. Uh, they're growing at a, at a near dizzying pace. It's almost hard to keep up with everything they're doing. They currently have 23 capital expansion projects underway, which includes the opening of 11 new plants. Um, their CEO, Wendell Weeks, in the first quarter conference call, as you were saying, he said, well, look, while these are a drag on gross margins now, um, they're necessary to capture opportunities in the markets. Uh, starting in the second half of this year, management believes these expenses will begin to decrease and margins should start to rise. Uh, so, for instance, earlier this year, Corning opened a new plant in China, which enabled them to manufacture a greater grade of LCD glass than anywhere else in the world. And this should be a big boost to their display, technology divi display technologies division, which is its most profitable. 
uh, quote, Wendell Week said, this sets the stage for a higher profitability in display as our new plant and process technology come online in the second half, end quote. So while this is just one of Corning's many new projects coming online, it illustrates how these projects can produce profitable growth. And managing management states that all of their current projects are just to meet existing customer demand and should drive efficiency and earnings. Mm -hmm. It's encouraging to me to see management kind of making that trade-off of being uh, unpopular in the short term to invest in good foundations for growth. Um, And so often you see companies kind of, uh, management kind of avoiding that, you know, the next fiscal year, the next fiscal year. But this is, this seems to me like they're really just uh, focusing on the long term and and investing in their growth. And, uh, you know, they've had a couple of one-time accounting fluke hits and i'm not saying that you know that's something that people should ignore but it's certainly something that people should discount somewhat um and that just seems like it's temporarily causing uh them to not look as an attractive stock for short-term thinkers but long-term uh they seem to have a lot of future growth catalysts uh yeah absolutely so Beyond the the 23 capital expansion projects and how they're placed to uh, capture a lot of the growth in 5G and Internet of Things, there are other reasons to believe like Corning is just on the right side of several long-term trends. Um, So like one of those things is like Gorilla Glass. So while the smartphone market is maturing and their smartphones aren't really expected to increase, uh, like the number of smartphones aren't expected to increase much in the coming years because basically everybody has them already. Uh, there's a lot of reason to believe like Gorilla Glass will be used more on these phones. Uh, like so, for instance, uh, CEO Wendell Weeks he believes Gorilla Glass sales can double in the next several years because they're going to be. They believe smartphones in the future will have will be double sided with Gorilla Glass. So, for instance, the latest Samsung Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus use Gorilla Glass on the front and back of each phone, and the benefits for device makers in going this route are enormous. Because they increases uh, better, it betters their radio frequency transparency, and for wireless charging, it's better to do this with glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as these needs increase, uh, we said it will be easy to see phones going to all glass enclosures in the future. Uh, another thing is like Gorilla Glass is going is expected to be used more in automobiles. So. In the first quarter conference call, we said the company was currently working with 20 different car manufacturers to help equip automobiles with Gorilla Glass on both the inside and outside. Um, that So on the interior, that can include interior, integrated and interactive displays, like head-up displays on the windshields and on the... Uh, the outside, you know, just Gorilla Glass laminates are tougher and lighter than conventional auto glass. So it gives the driver superior optical quality and uh, and it's lighter, which helps uh, like fuel mileage. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh, all the, the interactive or the digital content, the tech content of cars is just exploding, um, especially in sort of the monetary terms. So there a lot of uh, automakers, it's, the standard vehicle comes with these interactive displays. Uh, so it's a huge boon for them, especially working with 20 car manufacturers. I mean, that must be a lot of the big hitters there. I know he didn't go into detail about that. Thanks to Harry's for supporting our podcast. When I had the opportunity to use a Harry's razor and their fantastic, great-smelling shaving cream. Um, I really found that it was just an excellent experience for me. Really got a close shave. Uh, It was a really uh, nice glide, and, you know, no nicks, no, 
no burns, you know, no no problems really. So it was really a very, uh, very easy, seamless experience for me. Um, and you know, I think that's for a few reasons, right? So you know, Harry's founders were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew a great shave comes down to great blades, so they made theirs with sharp, durable steel that lasts. And they bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years. And if you don't love your shave, let Harry's know within 30 days, and they'll give you a full refund. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision. So for a limited time only, new customers can save big on a Harry's shave set with the code FOOL at harrys.com. Get a quality five-blade razor, weighted handle, rich foaming shave gel, and travel cover, a $13 value. That's harrys.com with offer code FOOL. The last growth and growth initiative is hugely interesting to me. Um, it was in the article that of yours that I read, and that's uh, Valor. Is am I saying this correctly? Valor glass. Valor glass. Valor yes. glass. Okay. It's Corning's uh, new pharmaceutical packaging, which is uh, supposed to dramatically decrease lamella, which is tiny flakes of glass that can contaminate pharmaceutical projects. So one of Corning's plants under construction, one of the many capital expansion projects we were talking about is in North Carolina, and it's just for this manufacturing of this new product. Uh, Valor glass should help eliminate cracks and breaks in medical packaging and translates into less waste for pharmaceutical companies. So already two industry giants, Pfizer and Merck, have given the project their blessing. Uh, they sent representatives to join Corning at the event in North Carolina when the project's construction was first announced. And uh, what the CEO Week said that Corning was working closely with the FDA to ensure that Valor Glass gets a speedy approval. You know, he said, uh, we continue to believe Valor has the potential to power Corning's growth through the next decade and beyond. And uh, and while this isn't approved by the FDA yet, they're not expecting any like serious pushback. This isn't like when a when a drug needs to be approved or something and has to go through lots of trials. They expect this to be fairly easy and straightforward, and they believe it represents about a $4 billion opportunity, mm -hmm. which is absolutely huge for a uh, company the size of Corning. Yeah, the pharmaceutical market could be an incredible boon for them. Um, and it's always it's encouraging to see Pfizer and Merck sort of uh, being interested at this early stage. And I know that I was encouraged uh, about a year ago when Apple gave invested i think it was about 100 million which i'm sure is chump change for apple but um they invested 100 million to help corning get online with gorilla glass and, and invest in r&d for gorilla glass which it's just nice to see those partnerships from who would essentially be their customers it's just a good initial footing for those relationships correct and it was part of apple's like a uh, big new project to invest in american companies um and it was the very first reward they gave to a company. So it shows you how important Apple considers Gorilla Glass to the future of the iPhone, that it was the, uh, you know, of all the American companies to invest in, Corning was the first one to receive anything. Mm -hmm. So in summary, then, this just seems like they've got a few short-term headwinds, but a lot of long-term growth opportunities. I'm particularly, I'm very bullish about this uh, stock. Is there anything that we've missed during the discussion that you'd just like to touch on before we go? No, not really. And look, it, it can be frustrating for investors to watch a company's stock price get hit while the company is investing in future growth. And as a shareholder, I, I feel the frustration as much as anyone. But uh, I think their numbers look worse because of a couple of one-time accounting you know, flukes that have hit the company's gap numbers. And the, all the investments make the, uh, you know, they've temporarily depressed the company's cash flow. But that being said, if you believe the management that strong demand is present, for the company's project products, 
uh, this should probably be viewed more as a temporary decline than a sign the company's business is on a permanent side. And, you know, in my opinion, it's probably a, a nice buying opportunity if you have the proper long-term mindset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, well, that's it from us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus at fool.com or tweet us on Twitter at MF Industry Focus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thank you, as always, uh, to Austin Morgan for producing the show. For Matt, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and fool on. Fool on.